Hi, welcome to episode 615 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. And when is Marvel finally going to make that Thundra movie I've been waiting for? In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four, volume 4, number 14, from January 2014. The Fantastic Four are doomed, part 2, Trial by Fire. Story by Matt Fraction and Carl Kessel, script by Carl Kessel, and art by Raphael Iinico. It looks like Mark Bagley has abandoned a sinking ship. So the Fantastic Four are off on their ship somewhere. Reed has come up with containment suits for the rest of the team, whose powers are going out of control. And Ben is off resting somewhere because his rocky skin has been melting off. You know, you just need a little rest somewhere. You know, when your skin melts off. So they turn their attention to old man Johnny, who has said he knows the cure. But they are all doomed, which you can imagine is a bit confusing for everyone. And then he adds, The thing is, we're talking alternate realities, time loops, paradoxes, the less said, the better. Ooh, I hate alternate realities. I don't know about you guys, but I'm living in this crazy alternate reality with Nazis marching in the streets, violent anti-fascist groups existing, and a game show host who's president. If there's another alternate reality I can go to, I will. A reality where Dr. Doom is the world leader sounds pretty good right now. I'm sure he would at least have a good plan for combating climate change. So the Fantastic Four ask old man Johnny to explain what's going on. He says, sheepishly, that it was all his fault. That that's why he knows the cure. They just have to get back to his Earth and pass the chrono-dimensional shield and advanced planetary defense systems set up by Dr. Doom and Kang. Eh, I'm sure that won't be a problem. There's got to be an air duct somewhere they can climb through. So they need a pilot for this mission, and guess who stumbles in? Ben Grimm has entered the room and all his, all his rocks have melted off. And guess what? He's just a normal human again. I didn't think that's how his powers work. That he's a normal human under all those orange rocks? I don't think so. So they get in the ship and they head back to old man Johnny's world. The ship is immediately scanned, locked, and targeted by multiple defense systems. And down on the planet, we pick up where we left off last issue, where Doom has just shot the younger version of Old Man Johnny in the eye. Doom gets notified about the intruders in orbit over Earth, and we see that the thing, the one with the black rocks, is in his human form, and it's not Ben Grimm. It's a, it's a black guy. But here, his name is also Ben. Back in space, the two human torches leave the ship to fight off some of the defense system's missiles, while Sue puts a force field around the ship. Ben Grimm is having a tough time trying to maneuver the ship through the area. It's like a minefield out there. Actually, correction, it is a minefield out there. And then they get hit by an electromagnetic barrage, killing all the mechanical systems on the ship. Reed immediately orders everyone to the, to the escape pods, but it doesn't matter because immediately... 
Doom, Kang, and Annihilus are watching this unfold on a monitor, and they see the Human Torch come flying out, screaming, MURDERS! KILLERS! Now, Annihilus wants to kill him immediately, but Doom plans to zap him, this is Old Man Johnny, and send him somewhere else in space and time. And zap! That's what he does. Annihilus flies off, pissed off, because he wanted to kill Johnny. There's some more strife down with Kang and Doom because Kang points out that he knows no one died in that explosion just now. Next, we see a flashback with Sue and Medusa before they left for space, with Medusa giving Sue a gift, a dog whistle. Let me guess, that ain't for calling Dino Mutt, that's for sure. Next, we see the Fantastic Four and the kids being teleported by Lockjaw, the Inhumans' large teleporting dog, down to the streets of this messed up alternate New York City. Johnny's got a big piece of metal shrapnel in his shoulder, blood gushing out, and he loses control of his flames. The, the metal burns down, but he's still bleeding and in bad shape. They have to stop the bleeding, which is hard, because how do you stitch up a guy who's on fire? Sue wants Lockjaw to take the kids home, but they want to stay and help. So they discuss this for a minute, with the kids finally agreeing to be sent home. Sue calls this the worst vacation ever. Apparently, she hasn't seen Vegas vacation. So now they have to sew up Johnny, and Sue devises an invisible needle, and they get some thread by Sue pulling it off her own outfit, which she does very easily. I mean, how cheap are your clothes when you can just pull off a thread like that? Maybe if you get your clothes from Kmart, but aren't they supposed to be like unstable molecules? So using her force field powers, she sews up Johnny, and they all end up resting for a while, taking a break, and it gets dark. So Sue has lost control of her powers, and she's stuck at being invisible, except her clothing. And then, the other Fantastic Four from this dimension shows up, and they're like, Hey, we're the Fantastic Four! Back with Kang, he engages Doctor Doom in a conversation about the nature of the negative zone, and how powerful you could be if you controlled all that negative energy like Annihilus does, which I don't think he does. But if you controlled time, like Kang does, you could be really powerful. Kang reminds Doom of that cosmic power siphon device that he once used on the Silver Surfer. Well, Kang reveals that he found it, and we see that he's used it on Annihilus to siphon off his powers. And now Kang says, You're no longer needed, Doom. All hell Kang, Master of Time and Space. Kang, the Annihilating Conqueror. Well, that's a pretty nice ending. I was just assuming that Doom would turn on the other two first. But nope, Kang is the one pulling a fast one on him, and things aren't looking too good for Doomsy now. So now we check out the Future Foundation over in FF Volume 2, Number 14, Bathhouse of the August Moon, story by Matt Fraction and Lee Allred, script by Lee Allred, and art by Mike Allred. And what the hell kind of story title is that? Do these Mormons not know what a bathhouse is? And Ben Grimm ain't there to remind them. So we pick up with everyone on the moon, the entire Future Foundation, hiding out with the Watcher and his lady friend, and they're plotting out how to defeat Doctor Doom. Scott Lang, Ant-Man, and a bunch of children Defeat Doctor Doom. That doesn't seem likely. Back in Latveria, Doctor Doom is about to do away with Alex Power's parents, who were being held 
as leverage. And since Doom thinks that Alex and the rest of the Future Foundation are dead, he no longer needs those parents. But they're saved by Ravona, Kang's lady friend, who points out, using some kind of device that allows them to look in on Black Bolt, that Black Bolt is happy and smiling, and therefore his wife and son, who are in the Future Foundation, must not be dead. So maybe Mr. and Mrs. Powers can still be useful. Which, that doesn't seem likely. Next, Doom and Kang and Annihilus are going over and over, trying to figure out where the Future Foundation went, where they're hiding, with no success. At this point, should they be more worried about the Avengers and the X-Men? Why are they worried about Future Foundation? And back with the Future Foundation, Scott Lang has a plan, and it's time to put things together. Billy has to steal a bunch of superhero robots from the Mad Thinker, she-Hulk has to steal a copy of the awesome android from the Ma from the Gideon Trust. Ahura, Luna, and Anomi have to repair a mothballed Kree sentry nearby on the moon. Medusa has to go get help from a magician named Dakar. In 1942, Dragon Man has to build a bunch of replica thing suits. And Scott is working on taking samples of Dragon Man so they can clone him. Medusa gets there to 1942 to see that magician who wants to be paid. Scott is also worried about their budget, so he tells them to pay the magician in 1942 wages. Who knew? Scott Lang is a Republican. Nearby, the Watcher has his own hot springs, and the ladies of the Future Foundation are all relaxing in the hot water, without any clothes on, as far as I can tell. Darla asks Medusa and She-Hulk if they're scared about fighting Doctor Doom. I mean, they could all be dead by that time tomorrow. Well, first of all, She-Hulk and Medusa have powers. Second of all, they're very well-established Marvel characters dating back to the 1960s and 70s. The only person who should be worried is Darla. We see Bentley drilling a hole in the wall and offering to charge the other boys a dollar to look in on the women on the other side. One of the boys... Ahura, Medusa's son, points out that he does not want to see his mother naked. Dragon Man is in the water. He trips over and he falls into the wall, crashing into it. But he has to assure the women on the other side he did not do that on purpose. He wasn't trying to see the women naked, he says. I'm an artificial being. I'm not even equipped to be interested that way. If he's not equipped, then why is he wearing pants? Next, Scott and Darla are alone and he tells her a story about how he killed a guy in prison. I don't think that's going to help him get into her pants. Speaking of pants, Medusa brings out a new costume for her son. And then we see something called the Council of Dooms. What is this? One of the Dooms looks like Doctor Strange, and another Doom looks like the Submariner. And next we see Doctor Doom, he gives a cosmic control rod from another dimension to Annihilus, who looks like a kid on Christmas morning. It seems like a nice thing for Doom to do, but he immediately pulls out his cosmic control suck sucking device and he uses it to steal all the cosmic power from Annihilus. How odd that the stories here and in the Fantastic Four are just kind of the same story. Doom ain't taking no chances. He does not want to lose to a bunch of children. And on the moon, we see the Future Foundation getting ready to attack and the adults say goodbye to the children the only children who do go on the mission are Medusa's son, Medusa's son, and Alex Powers. They teleport away 
leaving all the sad little kids in the care of Watu the Watcher and his girlfriend. You know, I don't think the Watcher would make a very good babysitter. He'll watch the kids, but if something bad happens, like if one of them swallows poison or falls into the pool and drowns, Uatu ain't gonna do shit, will he? So that's all I have for now. Whew, I can't believe I made it through. I've got a very bad ear infection. Both my ears are swollen up inside, so my hearing ain't too good, which kind of makes it hard to speak clearly. I don't have an excuse for the other 614 episodes. So if you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes at iTunes, or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. Still on kids, this podcast is over. Here to the moon and back.